0: Dr. Martin Luther King once said that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. It bends towards justice, but here is the thing. It does not bend on its own. It bends because each of us, in our own ways, put our hand on that arc, and we bend it in the direction of justice. Maybe you've heard that quote before. But how many of you knew that he got that image from a 19th century Unitarian theologian named Theodore Parker? Laurie says she knew that. There are a few. That's great. Here is Parker's quote. Okay. Look at the facts of the world. You see a continual and progressive triumph of the right. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. Things refuse to be mismanaged long. There are interviews with Dr. King where he talks about his affinity with Unitarian universalism but that the stories we tell aren't great enough for the kind of movement that he was trying to inspire last week I or the week before last when I was in the pulpit um, I spoke a little bit about James Luther Adams and part of one of his tenants points out that a, a Faith for the free has to be a faith that moves to change history. I spoke briefly about the five smooth stones, or I mentioned the five smooth stones of liberal religion. Um, These tenets were written sometime prior to 1955. A couple of weeks ago, I lightly touched on the first smooth stone, which was the idea that revelation is not sealed, but continuous. The quote I opened with from Dr. King also reflects influence by Mr. Adams. The point Dr. King made regarding the necessity of human involvement in shaping justice is another one of James Luther Adams' smooth stones. It's the fourth stone. That is that there is no such thing as an immaculate conception of good. Good is not something that has meaning until it's given form. Adam says there is no such thing as a good person as such. There is rather the good spouse, the good worker, the good employer, the good citizen, the good fill-in-the-blank. Goodness takes its form in action that has impact on others. Excuse me. We can speak of someone and say that they're a good person, right? But what does that mean? And please note that none of what I'm about to say is intended to contradict our principle that sup- believes and affirms the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Or as the children's principle would say, every person is important and valuable. But so what what does it mean to be a good person? I want to make an example. I know someone who is tender-hearted, Devout in her spiritual intentions and commitment to try to grow. Fairly attractive, very talented, personable. Sincerely apologetic when she falls short or lets someone down. I'm positive that most of the people that know her would say she's a good person. I'm sure she thinks of herself as a good person. I too understand that at heart she is a good person, albeit one with significant problems. Because at the same time, this person lies, cheats, steals, And has in the past neglected children to the point of having them taken away. Now if all of those things are part of a good person, then what's the difference? I know each and every one of you are good people. I love being the chaplain here because I love you. You're loving and caring people who all understand that there is much in this world that needs our love. In other faith traditions, people who share a tradition covenant together around what they believe regarding ultimate things. In our tradition, we covenant to serve human need. In our tradition, we're asked as Susan's story said, to be God's hands and to take that as more important than worrying about what happens after this. In many mainstream Christian traditions, they're called by their covenants to witness to others and make every effort to save them from what they believe to be a fate fate, Worse than death. We are called to do the work that is our own, to do what we can to save people from a miserable life. <laughs> I will mention also that many of those traditions are developing gentler understandings of God. Some actually sound rather universalist these days. In all of these traditions, there is Acknowledgment of the need for us to love our neighbors and do unto others as we would have them do to us or not do to others as we would not have them do to us. Nevertheless, it's not our job to make others agree with us. Though it may be our job to speak in opposition to their position if we honestly find it to be unjust or cruel. It's not our job to make others share our views. Though one may do well to demonstrate by living it, why he or she holds the view that he or she does. It's very much our job to live the good example, to exemplify the character our Unitarian theologian founders and predecessors believed us capable of. If we're living proof, if we are living proof that creating a just and compassionate community is the better way, there's no better argument. If our strategy is more successful, We don't have to argue with people. Not dealing in quantities of effort, but in quality. Let us promise to do only good. Or try. Be mindful as we enter each house, as we go into our fields of work. to try to manifest something positive. The world changes so painfully and at times dishearteningly slowly. And the progress that we can recognize doesn't seem to be a straight line. Because the ark is long, we are saved, as our responsive reading said, by faith and love and hope and forgiveness. Sometimes it's hard to discern that the ark of the universe bends towards justice. I still believe that. It's by putting our hands on the ark and bending it that it moves. It's easy to get tired, it's easy to get angry. You're good people with good hearts. And we have each other. Do you believe that the ark bends towards justice? Do you still believe that? Can you yes, you can hold that, right? It's something to hold on to. It's something to believe in. It's something to live out. To carry in the world and be a part of. And that's our covenant. When Susan talks about what does good in the world look like, it's most easy for us to start articulating that with abstract phrases. World peace. What does world peace look like? How does one make world peace? There's a bridge between here and there that's the activities of people. They all start in our hearts in our minds, and in our actions, and move out. In each house we enter, in whatever field of endeavor, let us practice these tools and work together for good.